Well, hey there. Welcome to episode six. Six, right? I have no clue. I, uh, I think it's six. I think I, I think I just put that in on the thing. 5.5. 5. 5.5. 5.5. We'll just, whatever. Um, we are in Daniel 2, and if you have been uh, following along, number one, just go ahead. This is your reminder. Just go ahead and stop the podcast. Go read Daniel. Um, and we'll, we'll wait right here. We won't do anything until you, you get back and you hit play again. That's right. But we, uh, anyway, <laughs> sorry, that was a bad joke. Um, but go read Daniel. Um, and then we are in Daniel two at this point. Um, and, and we, we started at the, um, on Daniel two. We've, we've actually been two weeks into Daniel two now, um, all together. Um, but, you may have been thinking as, as we've gone through this so far, like why they keep saying that Daniel is about, or is, is one of the prophets and that this is, this is a book of prophecy. But I mean, it seems like up until this point that you could have just put this right at the end of uh, Chronicles or second Kings. And this is just what happens afterward. I don't know. I don't right, understand. Right. This isn't prophecy this week. We get to see prophecy. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Um, and uh, as we're, uh, you know, remembering what we talked about last week at the end of last week, I had that cool um, moment where we got to see the first, and I got a lot of comments on this, by the way, in social media, the first uh, youth group meeting oh, yeah. or whatever, prayer group, youth, youth prayer group or whatever. <laughs> and that was, everybody liked that a lot. So just good line. Okay, good remember that for the next time That's you're right. preaching on Daniel. They liked the youth small group. And the shirt too, right? And the shirt People too. Like the shirt. Oh my goodness, the shirt is blowing up. We're we're actually trying to uh, um, figure out how we're going to um, get those ordered in a timely manner. Because what we want to do, and I guess I can say this right now, right? If we we we're already we're in the midst of making it happen. So um, we're actually we are going to sell the shirts. We are not going to make Carly make all the shirts because <laughs> y'all y'all don't understand the shirt that Chris was wearing on Sunday. Carly like carved a stamp right and made that shirt. I mean, that's just a ridiculous level of artistry going on there, but she carved out a stamp and made that shirt. Um, and so, you know, with sizing and all that stuff that just gets super complicated for her to do that kind of across the board. And so we're not going to ask her to do that, but we are going to make those shirts. And what we're going to do is we are going to sell those shirts, uh, as a fundraiser um, to raise money um, to put in the benevolence account to be able to um, help people yep. um, who are who are having trouble during COVID, um, and that is a fantastic idea that actually I think Rebecca Rains can take credit for. Um, but she uh, um, she thought of that, and then um, it just kind of all rolled from there. Um, but to do that, it means that we're going to actually ask you your sizes, and then you're going to have to order the shirt so you won't get the shirt immediately but um we're, we're gonna try to get it done as fast as possible and that i mean it just is a good shirt i'm surprised i haven't seen more like that yeah the church has left the building i stole it the idea i don't know who came up with it i'm sure someone else did but mm-hmm. i saw it who's the guy in frankston who we all know who was the campus pastor here scott wiley Scott Wiley? Yeah. yeah, Scott Wiley. He was wearing one. Was he? And so that's why I was like, oh, I'm, I mm. told him I was stealing the idea. So Stealing it. 
I'm sure he stole it from someone else. And yeah. Scott, maybe maybe he came up with it. Deserve he needs needs some royalties or something. Here at South Spring, we don't usually come up with new ideas. No, no. We just steal the good ideas that we see. Yep. Okay, that was our that was our sponsor break. That was our sponsor break. <laughs> Coming to you by the benevolence line item, um, which there's all kinds of truth to that in a lot of ways. But um, but anyway, we're we're starting uh, Daniel, and we're or not starting Daniel. We're uh, we're starting this um, dream sequence of Daniel. But but kind of r- remind us again what we what we ended with last week. Yeah, that's a. Um uh, the things that stood out last week, at least to me, are are that we've got these, we've got Daniel who discovers there's a problem, and then uh, you know the, Paul took us through the problem of the dreams that Nebuchadnezzar was having and troubled by and upset about, and then he's going to kill all his wise men because none of them can tell him the dream and what it means. Um, and then Daniel gives asks for time, and what Daniel does with his time and goes and prays with his friends. There's the First youth group mm-hmm. prayer meeting, and then, um, and then they get the answer. And again, for someone like me, um, who I regularly confess my incorrect orthopraxy, mm-hmm. um, my orthodoxy I think is pretty good, but my orthopraxy on prayer, um, it is so hard for me intuitively not to see prayer as a failure to act. In my like that's how it feels. I don't believe that. It's just how it feels. Like right. Oh gosh, Daniel has this information. He needs to do something with it. But of course, he prayed to get it, and he prays because he got it, and that's his his solution to and response to this issue. And so, I'm just I'm always moved by that. That always challenges me, and and well, really it just me. seems so important right now to think about that. Yeah. Oh gosh. If if it's not always important, which it is, right? It's important right now. So I guess it's more so important. Yeah, I showed. Um, I don't know if I showed you, but I told you, Paul, it. that right afterwards that I actually had. A place in my notes last. I'm gonna talk about this Sunday, but I had a place in my notes to stop and pray, and of course I missed it. Yeah, I skipped just, over it. I skipped it. I don't know how I skipped it. I don't know how I missed it. Um, he but, says that if you've seen Chris's notes, I I know why he skipped it. It's kind of it's it's easy to get lost. <laughs> you're you're a Baptist. You can only be backslidden, not lost. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so. Uh, uh, that triggered a Baptist joke. Um, okay, so so what strikes me, one thing for the three of us to talk about I thought would be good right here at the beginning is I, I don't, I assume, I don't know this, I assume that those who are faithful to listen to the podcast is probably less than those who do the Q&A on Wednesday, which is less than those who do Sunday morning. And, yeah. And so. That's I, you know, what the numbers say. Okay, good. I thought that. Then, uh, you know, maybe, maybe this is wrong, but I want to kind of think of those who are listening right now as kind of. A, a faithful few, uh, uh, you know, a band of brothers and sisters, so to speak. There's like ten of you, and you're 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 listening all the way to the end, and we really appreciate that. <laughs> Is it really ten? <laughs> no, I think it's more than that, but still. Okay. Um, My uh, mom's one of them. Your mom? <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> hey, way to go! No, she's I, a busy lady. I was gonna say I feel confident. My my heart. <laughs> no. um, if my grandmother was alive, she would be she listening. Would be um, but. Uh, um, and, and that is, I mean, you, you may have seen um, the stuff that's come out about in the state of Texas, churches potentially now beginning to reopen. Right. Which, again, we literally are talking on Tuesday, Tuesday morning, hey, we need to start being prepared for when this happens. And what, Tuesday evening or Wednesday morning is when they go, hey, 
we've decided this is okay for this Sunday. Like you can start. And I'm I'm lost and confused in the midst of exact not lost, but I'm I'm confused in the midst You're of all of that. Backslidden and confused. <laughs> right? So I um, You have doubts. We this is a tough thing. And we were talking just a second about how it seems like all of them are bad options. Bad options. Yeah. I of that though, what I have been impressed, and we've talked about this before, is how much the churches are at least reaching out to each other. Yeah. Which is unfortunately rare. <laughs> That at least in our, our time doing this for a number of years, yeah. um, we we don't have a lot of churches in cooperation and coming up with plans together and communicating well with each other. Um, and then now you, I mean, you've been on an email network, yep. Chris, with with what was it, seventy something? I think it is. Yeah, it's a huge number. Yeah, um, and yet our offices. I've been fielding phone calls and and emails from I mean probably half a dozen other churches that are really getting into the want to get into the weeds and the specifics and when their leadership boards or elders or deacons or whoever makes their decision, you know, decisions for their body, um, make a decision, they're quick to reach out and say, this is what we're doing and let's have input. And we want to know what you're doing because we want to know part of our consideration. And of, again, all the inferior ways of doing things, uh, I hope that one yeah. starts a, a change and then that gets to be moving forward that maybe your churches are more, man, willing to communicate a, and work together. What a huge boon that would be. Holy yep. cow. <laughs> yes. Yep, that was a good reminder, Paul. I just started the email. I'll remember to finish it. But um, this one this one is to the smaller group. I don't know what, what the smaller group is made of. There's like 20 of us on this one. And it's where we've gotten the most traction and conversation. But, yeah, this is Doug Clark and Ross Strader and Pike Weisner and David Lukenbach and I, I mean, was going like to say all the, Dykes. all the cool pastors. And then you said Pike Weisner. I'm like, nope, <laughs> that can't be it. Oh gosh. As, as we we love you, Pike. Pike. Yeah, exactly. We love you, Pike. Um, so not, not that he's listening, but we do love you, Pike. So I don't, I think that's cool. I think there's some great things here. And I agree with you that that's one of them is that this conversation, this communication, um, so that we can be doing that. And I know you said there's, there's the executive pastors, some of them that you're talking mm-hmm. to as well, yeah. and that's, yeah, I think that's huge. That's awesome. But so how do you do that kind of thing? Again, our leadership board hasn't fought through this. Our staff hasn't even got to fight through this yet, really, but to struggle and battle through. But, I mean, it seems to me like every option is a bad option. Everything mm-hmm. other than, okay, we're, we're all in. We can all come. We can all sit by each other. Um. You know, we can hug and shake hands and I mean, we can hand out donuts. We can have donuts and coffee. Like every every lesser version of that seems like such a bad idea to me. So it's like we're struggling through what do we do? Yeah, because the, if I read the thing right, you know, they're they're allowing things, but they're giving recommendations on, on what you should try not to do and and the, the you know, meeting in smaller groups and the, uh, like we do more services and yeah. don't touch each other and sit into the family unit and social distance from all the other family units. And it's like, okay. So the, like the number of what, yeah. are, like we, it, this isn't, you know, it, I don't, it would be naive if any of us thought that we would be coming out of this, even in a, a staged way, um, like it, for it to feel normal oh in any gosh. way. Cause it's just not going to. <clears throat> Um, but the idea of, of, of like taking all of the, 
um, recommendations and trying to like whittle through what a Sunday morning is going to look like for us. Um, you know, whenever we start, uh, meeting in, in person again, um, which is not going to be this week. It's not going to be Sunday. No. I mean, we are going to, Oh, we are going to have a drive-in though this Sunday. That's right. Um, so the drive-in that we were going to do on Easter, that got uh, tornadoed out. It didn't get rained out. It got tornadoed out. That's right. Um, we're going to do that um, like we were going to do it then. We're going to do that on um, this Sunday at 8 o'clock. So um, come and stay in your vehicles. That's right. Um, and I, I do think, even talking about the craziness of all these plans or all the things that's going on, one of the things that I know I have appreciated about our leadership board and I feel like is a mm. is certainly yeah. held by uh, the staff and I think for the most people in the congregation I have been interacting with um, is all of them at least are doing it with an attitude of respect towards our authorities. Yes. And I think, again, coming off of our conversation of authority last week that you led from Daniel, uh, there is this direct chain of, well, when I can be uh, obeying my ultimate authority, the father in line with doing whatever I can to obey right. my local authorities or state authorities or whatever it is, that those things should, that that is what should happen. That we shouldn't flaunt our um, authority to God to cause in disobedience to our local authorities when it shouldn't be, when God's not calling us to a direct disobedience yep. of it. Um, and so, yeah, even even this conversation and wrestling through what should we do and how should we do it and all the insufficiencies, I have at least been, um, again, I would say proud of, of our congregation that seemed, again, the small population that I've been in contact with, who seem to just get it, who want to have a lot of, you know, kind of trust and respect that we would be thinking along these terms of authority. Yep. Man, it is, it's going to be, I mean, it's been an adventure every step of the way. That's not going to change. And is, is, is any of the, are any of those options better than what we've been doing live? Cause that's been, Great in a lot of ways. Again, inferior, but great in a lot of ways. So well, we just got to wrestle through it, and we need to be praying through it. In fact, we, maybe we got to do that. You know, part of part of this. I mean, you know, there at the beginning, whenever we whenever we stopped uh, um, meeting in this building on a Sunday morning altogether, um, I don't think the first week that we did it, I don't think that that was the the directive like as as strongly. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was more like, hey, we need to make sure and and to uh, you know, if you're high risk and everything like that, you need to not. And we kind of made the decision that whatever we did, we were going to do it together. And so it is hard to think of any of the options that they're saying of like, yeah, you can meet just only a hundred of you. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's not, that's not us meeting. That's a hundred people meeting. And so just, just trying to weigh through like how that's going to work. And we've, we've already been so proud, so grateful um, for our, um, everybody in our, uh, congregation, um, everybody who's, uh, coming to South spring, who've, who've already like reached out to each other, you yep. know, that they'll, they'll do like social distancing meetings out in the parking lot and hanging out and making sure that they're checking on each other and, and, um, just being involved with each other and, and the joys and the sadness that this time has brought and, um, trying to make sure that nobody's walking through it by themselves. Right. Um, but it's, it's a tough thing and it's, um, it's going to be something that, uh, I'll be grateful. I'm not one of the voting members whenever <laughs> that vote comes up. 
got to got to yeah, figure out how to make other people's uh, decisions come true. But it'll be good um, either way. And I know that it'll be good because I, I trust that our leaders um, of this church are praying, just like we talked about. Right. Um, and that they are praying not only for wisdom to do uh, to do what we're supposed to do, but they're praying for wisdom for our government leaders and they're they're praying for wisdom for our city and for um other churches and and us as a community and you know this isn't we're not in charge we like to think we are you know some of the some of the like adrenaline of the panic of what are we going to do right feels good to our egos but it's not where we actually are so john that's an interesting thing because i we've talked about this before too if if you want to max out a Bible study, or if you want to get a whole lot of views, uh, do something about the prophecy in Revelation, or do something about the prophecy in Daniel. Yeah. Like, what is it about the excitement of, again, like you just said, the the adrenaline of kind of trying to figure out what is unknown. Yeah. That causes us to just be, I don't know, intrigued, or at least at least in America. Yeah. And and I'll answer that and kill one by making it about prayer. Yeah. <laughs> no one comes for that one, but. Um, I've said before, I think that prophecy for Christians is a little bit of the, it's the closest thing we have to horror movies is it's, they're scary monsters and they're crazy forms and they're, it just, it just, again, like, like John said, it triggers the adrenaline in us, the thought of a giant beast coming out of the ocean with 10 horns. Like that's, that's a scary picture or bugs flying around with the faces of people and the stinger of a scorpion. Like that sounds pretty terrible. I don't know exactly what that means, but it sounds terrible. And so it's an Apache helicopter. It's <laughs> okay. what, do you, what do you want? Okay, Hal Lindsey. Will. <laughs> wow, I haven't heard that in a long time. That's awesome. Good old Hal Lindsey. Um, the uh, I think that's part of it. I don't know. And we do we do love a mystery. I mean, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. We love mysteries and we love that kind of stuff. It is it is interesting. And when we get to the prophecies, I'll teach really maybe a whole sermon on this, but that, that so often we get the purpose of, pro- of prophecy backwards. We, we treat it as like, oh, no, what's going to happen versus, well, the whole point of prophecy is for us to go, oh, well, God, well, God apparently had this in place. He knew what was coming. There's the, the, the mile markers. Good. Yeah, exactly. Said before. Hey, let's, um, let's not make the mistake. Let's stop and pray. Paul, would you pray for our leaders and everybody as we're trying to make this call real quick, and then we'll jump mm-hmm. back in? I'm going to make a mistake again. Yeah, Father, we uh, we certainly want to stop and address the fact that we know uh, you are in control. You are mm-hmm. all powerful. Uh, you have all knowledge. And we do not. We're not the ones. Um, we are certainly the ones that you've entrusted to steward uh, your church, um, your people, uh, your ambassadors, in uh, the decisions of the church and uh, our decisions of when we gather and how we gather. And so... Um, we want to recognize that. We want to recognize um, both uh, the weight of what you have uh, asked upon your church and its leaders. Uh, at the same time, we also want to um, recognize that ultimately, with that authority, it should only drive us uh, to you. Uh, and so, Lord, I pray through the Holy Spirit that you provide wisdom, uh, that you provide uh, discernment, uh, that actions are um, are carefully weighted and uh, planned out, uh, not again just with what sounds good um, in the 
eyes and ears of man, um, but ultimately what uh, is good in your sight, Father. And so, Lord, uh, we do know that in all things, uh, you do love us, you do provide for us. And so, um, as your children, we ask for uh, your love and continued provision, and this time specifically the provision um, of wisdom for all the all the leaders who are trying to sort this out in a way that is um, appropriate and ultimately uh, can be glorifying to you. So we pray that in your name. Amen. Amen. I mean, how cool is that? We're just, I don't know. I'm extra emotional right now, but the, uh, I mean, we just had a like thought of something that we should pray for. And so we just stopped what we were doing and asked the creator of all things. Right. If he could, you know, give us some wisdom. Entered boldly into his throne room. Right. It's just, I'm... Crazy thought. Man. Again, this, that what we just read last week, he reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness. The light dwells with him. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. I mean, this is... We have now... This is the... This is, we have now made... Um, let's see. Wait a second have made known to us that we asked of you there's where I'm looking for and we now and have now made known to me what we asked of you there's the there's the prayer right now we got we need some we need some wisdom that only he can give okay so as we're looking at and and here's let's just I'll go ahead and comment we've we've been a little more prepared um last few weeks for the division or connection between the two passages or between the two weeks and um that's really not was the original, um, when we first talked about turning this into a podcast, it really was during, it was on Tuesday morning when yeah. we were, we were. I'm still just barely into the idea of sermon prep, and uh, that happens to be the case so, somewhat tonight for various reasons. I've got some stuff that I'm working through and have been doing some research on, but um, but really where this came from, when John, when originally John said this ought to be a podcast, it was really the three of us going, okay, let's look at this passage and kind of what, what needs to be emphasized, what needs to be, you know, what are some things that need to be left out, or what do we need to move past, or, or what do we have time for, what do we not have time for, and, uh, and then, you know, what are some language issues, or historical issues, or commentary issues, or whatever that we jump into as well, so... Um, I'm I'm finding myself so far now. Part of this is because I'm I'm pretty not that far into the passage yet, but but really engaging with what this experience would have been like for Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, I don't know why that hit me, but the idea that I've had a dream—it's terrifying. What makes it terrifying? But well, <laughs> John's John's got a. So you're saying you identify with Nebuchadnezzar, not Daniel, in this one? <laughs> yeah, <that> exactly. <laughs> so so sadly true sometimes. Um. Uh, but, and so that's where I've been going so far, this idea of what makes this vision so frightening to him, what makes them so troubled by this and what, and then the thought of me being horrified and terrified by a dream that I remember, I'm not going to tell anybody else what it is because I'm using it as a test. And then, and then to have this kid come in and tell me, tell me that dream. I think the first truly scary movie I saw as a kid was Dreamscape. You remember that? Dennis Quaid as a kid? That's a long uh, that's time a ago. Long y'all time are both, ago. Y- y'all I, don't, were probably like I don't think I saw Dreamscape. Nope. Man, it just, 
it, it's the basic principle. It's like Inception, but it's more scary. Now, by today's <laughs> standards, I'm sure it's like cheesy, terrible. And, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the, yeah. the graphics of the, the there's a scene where a guy transforms into some kind of snake monster. I'm gonna guess that if I went back and watched it now, that transformation is not exactly something other. I guess it's claymation. But, um, but the thought of someone getting into your dreams, yeah, man, what a terrifying thought. Yeah, and in, in the dream, they actually get into it. Like they they come into your dream and they actually assassinate people that way in the movie. Um, but just the thought of someone telling me, is there anything more? I mean, maybe so, but anything more distinctly unviolable, if you excuse that, than yeah. our dreams? The thought that someone else would know. Yeah. In your mind. I mean, you it's, know. Because like, it's purely it's invented purely by in, your mind. In your mind. It's not anything else. And so it, not that we know of. <laughs> awesome. And, and I'm going to sleep. About that last week. <laughs> and the mind of the king. Right. The king of kings. Yeah, yeah exactly. As it said, and the Lord calls him that. Yeah, God calls him that. You, yeah. O king, the king of kings. Yeah. And that idea that, I mean, with with his mind comes, essentially, I mean, it's his will. And that's what he made sure is, yeah. uh, can't be questioned, can't be tested. The Babylonians even did it differently of uh, someone, and this gets into the argument of why the, perhaps the Medo-Persians who represent the next kingdom to come, right, right. why they're not as strong as the uh, Babylonians. Um, the gold is yeah. because uh, they at least had a kingdom that was set up that they couldn't undo former, right. Right. De- you know, any, any decree that was made by a king. Well, then that's, that's now it. Nebuchadnezzar didn't do that. In Babylon, I mean, he was the ultimate one. If he yep. wanted to change his mind, he just changed his mind. If he right. wanted to do it differently, he just wanted to do it differently. And so you have that guy, that mind, that will, and God knows it. Yeah. That, yeah, that would be pretty. And, and apparently it, it changes Nebuchadnezzar. He's, yeah. he's struck by this. God, God knows it, and God told a teenager. Yeah, mm-hmm. a slave. Yeah. Like n- nobody. Who then yeah. Nebuchadnezzar promotes. Right. Uh, beyond race, now yeah. not being one of the not being, Chaldeans, not being one of the kind of royal races, yep. um, does something, you know, again, a, a huge leap, uh, makes a, a huge claim about who God is as the God of gods. Yeah. And so this is obviously a pretty striking thing. Nebuchadnezzar oh is gosh. struck by it. That, that so explains, <clears throat> maybe just because we've not experienced it, is why we have a hard time fathoming. I, I still have a, a natural tendency to think of, quote, prophets in kind of the modern-day euphemism of some guy who comes out after a natural disaster and says, and oh, says that was God punishing yeah. that mm-hmm. was God punishing New Orleans. Like. Yeah. <clears throat> he's a prophet, he's speaking for God here, which just has zero impact on me, zero, nothing. Interpreting what God has done in the past, I mean, in my mind, that's commentary work. Like we can, yeah. that's something any of us can can do with the proper training or, or even just whatever. I can do that whatever. poorly all day That's long. exactly right. The thought, though, what would it be like if someone showed up and said, clearly, hey, and, and by the way, not not, I mean, and knew something like this. Yeah. Knew something like, hey, by the way, Truly President hidden. Trump, I want to I wanna, I wanna advise you on something so that you know I'm the right person for the job. Let me tell you what you dreamed last night. Yeah. <clears throat> that you've not told anybody else about. And let me tell you about um, something that I can't possibly know from that's only inside of your own head. I mean, that would be... If you, if you wondered if Nebuchadnezzar knew whether or not he was being unreasonable, his response to Daniel... Shows you that he he knew this was an unreasonable thing. Yeah, he knew this was something that 
he knew it was something that no none of his wise men could do. Yeah, and Daniel confirmed it. Right, that's exactly right. That's what, I, again, my favorite moment from last week. I love that. I mean, I I, I just love the fact that Daniel Nobody says. Nobody can do what you No, huh, sorry, no one can do that. Oh, but there is a God. He can do it, and he did do it. Mm-hmm. And that's. And here it is. And here it is. And that's, to me, that's the, that's such a great power in this. But, yeah, again, you can see my brain keeps going back to what this experience is like for Nebuchadnezzar. But I'm trying to think. I would not follow someone like this. My son Mark and I were talking about, he just read um, uh, one of Kierkegaard's books. That's the kind of stuff Mark reads cool. you know, during Thanks, the break. And, uh, I know how to play the guitar better <clears throat> than him right now. <laughs> exactly right. He's just starting, though. All right, that's exactly what I'm yeah. saying. Right now, I know how to play the guitar better than him. Um, and as we were not talking about Abraham and how, you know, how Abraham was going to kill Isaac. And, like, if I if I got that message from God right now, my intuition would be to interpret that as my schizophrenia. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm having a psychotic break because I feel like God's telling me to kill my child. And so, but Abraham somehow had enough conviction that this is what God was telling him to do. And I, I was like, I, I don't know if I would be willing to do it if I did know for sure it was God, but I would have to know for sure it was God for me to even consider it. And I don't know how I would know for sure it was God. But this is the kind of thing, like, what a proof mm-hmm. that prophecy is. Hey, I, I have this insight. It's not possible. So somebody came out and said, hey, just so you guys know, starting in, in January, February of 2020, everything's going to change. There's going to be this disease. Churches are going to be shut down. Everything's going to be closed down. I mean, if they'd come in December and said that, we'd have all laughed at them. We'd, but if, if they were dead on right, all of a sudden, I would be willing to listen to what they said. Yeah, but no one does. What would it be like if someone did? Well, that's what that's what they're experiencing here. Sorry, it's all right. I do think another um, as another point when we're thinking about uh, again maybe some of the the excitement around prophecy, some of the puzzle piecings, the figuring out the mystery, diving into it. Mm-hmm. Um, that there is probably also some caution in <clears throat> losing still the main message again of why this is being presented, that yeah. this dream is. Because there are a lot of details. I mean, there are things about the, the, the strength of the materials, why they're, what, you know, what, what each portion of the, on their body they Yeah, is. what each of the toes represents. Yeah, and that one, and, and that's the one that's real as well that we were just talking about of some believe that this is closed, the kingdoms are closed until God's kingdom, and then you probably get into, again, whatever your view of how God's kingdom comes into play right. um, of whether that's started now or still yet to come or all the different uh, aspects from that. Already but yet. S- there are others that say that the delineation of the four kingdoms really still has the fifth one not being God still to come, but even of the toes right. uh, of the feet. And we need to figure out what are the 10 toes and how do they go? And, and again, I feel like you can, you can dive so far into trying to assign value and meaning that you actually lose the value and the meaning of the entire prophecy right. in its purpose. Right. That's our, that is our temptation. And that's, I, that's when I get worried about people who want to study nothing but prophecy. I think a lot of Christians go through that phase. I went through that phase. Want to study nothing but figure out where all the places from Ezekiel are, Ezekiel 38. Like, where are these places now? And what does that mean? And what's the battle of Armageddon going to be like? And I, I don't, maybe that's a natural kind of phase for Christians to go through, but I, 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 I think it's a it's one you got to go through. Yeah, I skipped that one. <laughs> Jump jumped right over it. I don't know what happened, or or just haven't hit it. Yet. Maybe yeah, exactly. <laughs> Still a newborn. <laughs> anyway, um, 
we we're out of time. Like, oh my gosh, we're Kitty. like well out of time. We've we've gone a little a little ways now, and so um, in in order to not abuse what we've what we've yep. tried to, we're gonna we're gonna cut this off. But as you can see, we could we could just keep going. Yep. So if you want this to turn into an hour and a half long podcast, then just email Chris. <laughs> I guess, but. Yeah, we're we're grateful for you. We'll uh, see you soon, and definitely be checking up with us on Facebook and, and the website to make sure you know what's going on um, and when things are going to be changing. But go see y'all later. <laughs>